Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. I'm Carl Mack and this is Combat Chronicles. Not a episode today which is going to focus on anything in particular. I was going to have a little chat at the beginning. Then I'm going to interview with a good friend of mine who's turning pro. You'll be able to watch his fight on Fight Pass in the coming week. We're going to be interested in chat about you know what goes into preparation to move from amateur to professional. Uh, you know, cutting weight, that sort of stuff. We're going to have all those sort of chats and just sort of have a little look into the life of someone who's turning pro. You know, first fight, which is not something we've done on the podcast before. Not really one for interviews anyway. But this is a good mate of mine, so. I think it'd be a really interesting uh, chat to have. I actually reached out to him as well, so I hope you can see why I find this cat so interesting to talk to. Um, but first and foremost, obviously, the, the discourse this week has been less about fights and more about um, sort of what's the best way of putting this backstage shit. And it's the you know the Dana White uh, slapping debacle has, has dominated all the online chatter this week. So. Obviously, not something I'm particularly interested in. If you want to know my thoughts on it, well, if you, if you're wondering what my thoughts are, are on the whole incident, you don't really know me that well. I'm sure you can imagine uh, what my thoughts are on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to cover it. Why would I? Um, I thought Gastelum and Imavov was uh, this weekend, but it's not. It's next weekend. That card's less interesting now. Jeff Neal and Shavkat Rachmanov isn't on it anyway. Um, will I cover next week's card? I think I said before, if something interesting happens, I'll cover it. Um, but yeah, not majorly excited uh, for that. Um, speaking of people slapping around women, Javante uh, Davis fought uh, Hector Garcia um, this past Saturday. It's the only one from this card I've seen. I've not caught up on anything else just yet. Um, but you know, Garcia's a good fighter, coming out from 130. Beat the uh, dangerous Roger Gutierrez. Um and still looks bigger than Davis. I mean, Javonte can surely make 130. Um, doesn't really want to, I guess, all the big money fights are at 135. Like with so many Javonte Davis fights, I'm left just completely perplexed as to why people think he's one of the best fighters in the sport. Has flashes of just excellence. Um, such a dangerous banger. Um, but you know, there are there are times where he looks completely ordinary, can't get out of the way. Um, you know, he's got a bit of a bit of wilder about him in the sense that he sort of needs to bang people out to win fights. I'm not really majorly convinced of him um, as someone who could just win rounds um, with dysfunctional boxing. Just seems to get involved in tear ups um, and seems to require big moments to bail him out. I still think at this stage that someone like Lomachenko would go to town on him, um, barring the fact that he's getting old and yeah, Davis can bang. Um, there may be more. Uh, that we can see from Javante Davis. I think of someone like Aaron Pryor, who was just a, a whirlwind ball of energy, looking bad in certain fights, and then when he needed to, could put it all together. It might well be that Davis is fighting to the level of his opposition. And uh, as I said, a, a competitive fight with Garcia, that's to be expected. Garcia is a good operator. Uh, he was a quality amateur in his day as well. Um, and Davis, you know, clipped him, uh, to, uh, was it end of the 8th or end of the 7th, not sure, uh, clipped him, hurt him badly, and then, then he got pulled out. So, I mean, I'm not going to really, again, give a huge amount of time to Javante Davis. Um, he's been in the press last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm not willing to really buy... Um, I'm not one of these people who just completely dismisses the fact that uh, false allegations can be made against men, but um, the the response from Javante Davis is... Um, I'm not sure if it's his partner or just the mother of his child. Um, 
I think I saw a picture beforehand where she was badly beaten. The the police report seemed to uh, suggest that I say badly beaten. She'd been punched by Davis. That's enough. That's all you need to know. Um, doesn't matter if he punched her twenty five times or one time in the mouth. He punched a woman, um, a fire, or as I just espoused the qualities of as a knockout artist. Um, that was what was in the report beforehand. I'm not saying that could be wrong. I'm not saying it's not false. Um, I'm I'm saying that from what I saw and what I read, it seemed to me pretty cut and dry. And then the statement comes out afterwards where um, the 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 either partner or ex-partner of a multi-millionaire says that no he didn't do anything wrong um, and everyone says see see Tank didn't do nothing everyone just wants to uh, say he's a bad guy well it's not like he ain't got previous it's not like there isn't evidence to the contrary as well um, people were very very happy to dismiss um, these claims as, as quickly as the counter uh, point came out because they just don't care or they don't care or they don't they don't really give a shit if women get knocked about um, they prefer people just to uh, not hate on their favourite fighters, uh, to which I say, grow up. And if that doesn't show my hand in terms of how I feel about the Dana White situation, then I don't know what does. But um, yeah, again, this is this kind of it, uh, chatter doesn't really interest me. I doubt it really interests you guys as uh, combat sports fans either. I mean, this kind of gutter press stuff. Um, which keeps rearing its ugly head. Um, it's not what I want to be talking about. But I also know full well that you know to assume that every artist you like is going to be you know unicorns and rainbows is also complete and utter shit. But to be hit with a you know excuse the turn of phrase, but a punch in the mouth and then a, a slap round the face as a one two punch in like consecutive weeks just just thinks not what not what I wanted to get twenty twenty three uh started like. So what did I want to get twenty twenty three started off like? Well I went for a nice walk yesterday through some caves and up a hill and uh just tried to get out and uh went to see some filming locations from the legendary British action comedy Hot Fuzz. Just wanted to get out for the day as far as possible away from my house. Not that there's any issues at home. I love it here. But I just wanted to get out, go for a nice long drive, listen to some music with my significant other, go for some nice long walks and just forget about combat sports for the day. And pretty much did. So that was a really nice day. Um, podcast is obviously happening today. And what else is going to happen in 2023? Well, before we uh, have my guest on, just going to say that this month, if you see a little bit uh, less activity from me on the podcast front, it's because I'm working on the Guide to Pride one, and writing for that is going very well. As I updated my patrons on the other day, we're at, you know thousands upon thousands of words and double digits on pages. So um, yeah, I would say after another week to ten days of writing, we're going to be there, um, pretty much uh, thereabouts, and then maybe another weeks of production. So I do hope to have this out by the end of January. Um, but you know, if that doesn't come to pass. Uh, obviously I'm going to provide some extra Patreon content this month as well so if you want to get in on that head on over to the Patreon www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles that's the end of that and on to this Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out My solution is Plush Care Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so I'm here with Trayvon Kentrell Coco, who's a great friend of mine, has been online for years. Trey, thanks so much for joining Combat Chronicles today. Oh man, it's a, it's an honor myself, man. I listen, I listen to the podcast regularly. Uh, it's nice to be on a, a high quality show such as this. Well, man, you know, you know, we've been together since way before this podcast started, so I appreciate your support always, mate. And uh, I was happy to get you on. Now, people might be thinking, why has Kyle got some guy on that I've never heard of before? And that's because people need to hear about you, bro. They need to hear about. Um, what a quality fighter you are and the fact of the matter is they're going to be able to see this fight readily on fight pass on ufc fight pass that must feel uh pretty exciting okay well okay okay it's not on actual ufc fight pass it's on the ufc fight pass youtube page and i think their facebook page but i don't know why you'd be on facebook so it's on their youtube page you know how you know UFC has like the fight pass youtube page i think it's gonna be on that so i guess a, if a little downgrade unfortunately well, well better, actually, yeah, no, better. that does that's not a downgrade. That actually works better because there will be people that listen to this podcast that that aren't paying customers to fight pass, and now they have no excuse whatsoever exactly. to check this fight out. So the reason I wanted to get you on, mate, is a to give a little bit of publicity for the fight because I think it's going to be a fun one. Also, because even taking out my inherent bias to you as a mate. Um, you just look really good as a fighter, and there's a lot of uh, interesting traits uh, about you as a stylist. Um, and I just think it'd be really interesting for you to sort of talk to the guys about what it's like to transition from amateur uh, to pro. Obviously, you're going to be fighting for what is essentially the same promotion that you fought for before, which is uh, Fury, right? And are they based in Texas? Because you're Houston. Yes, sir. Yeah, they're based in, based in Texas, but they're expanding the, their they're pretty good, just from what I'm saying, from the outside. Uh, like, I've been watching Fury for, like, a decade now. Just because it's a regional show, the, the growth of promotion has been kind of interesting to see just as I go. But, yeah, they're based in Texas. Uh, basically, if you're in the Houston area, uh, you're probably going to be fighting for them. I'm like the only one, really. <laughs> and they're the biggest by far. No joke, Fury is the... If, if you guys were on the regional scene, LFA or LFC at the time, was the, like, Houston Houston promotion. And now LFA, or, you know, when it was LSC, it's kind of just now, like, its own thing, and Fury kind of has taken that place. Uh, it's taken that place from uh, from what it was beforehand, LFA and LFC, uh, before they merged. That's a great, that's a great comparison, because obviously people will know that organization. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing I obviously want to say is, it, the matchmaking on paper is fantastic. Obviously, I've watched your fights before. I've checked out uh, your opponent. is a gentleman called Bruce Whitehead. I've checked out his opponent, um, is some of his footage as well. So um, you're both three and one as amateurs. He's been stopped. You were robbed. And I'm sure you'll be humble and say it's your own fault that you didn't uh, win that fight with the with uh, Jonathan Galvin. But I've watched that fight. Uh-huh. Other analysts we know have watched that fight. And I'm sure if listeners of this podcast check out that fight, they will agree that it was an egregious uh, robbery. It was a terrible decision. So you should be 4-0. But why don't you just tell the guys, you know, um, a little bit about your journey to this point, because it was quite tough during the pandemic. You weren't as active as you wanted to be, as I'm sure a lot of fighters okay. weren't. So why don't you tell people a little bit about your journey? Did you become a mixed martial artist because you were a fan of the sport? Or did you just maybe go for exercise? How, what, what's been your journey to this point? Oh man, I'm a, I'm a, I need to simplify this a lot because this podcast will be seven years long. I detail everything how I want to, but not. Uh, I've been watching the combat sports, man. I, like my man Kyle, you guys know Kyle's an OG in the game. I feel like I'm an OG in the damn game too, man. I've been watching since I was a little damn kid. Uh, my first UFC event that I watched was UFC 47. It was Chuck and Tito one. Uh, I was like six at the time. 
uh, and I, the reason how I watched it is because my dad used to have, uh, or he used to finesse the cable, like, he used to get, like, free pay-per-views and all that, and then so one day he was like, bro, freaking watching this freaking MMA stuff, this is insane, and he's talking to me about, like, Crow Cop and Wanderlei and all that, he's like, this guy in the checker shorts kicking people in the damn head, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, I guess, you know, I'm like, little kid, so I'm like, it is what it is, but I've been watching basically since then, uh, I've been watching, like, super hardcore, you know, like, it was, like, 2008, 9-ish, and then, in like, 2011-ish, I got, like, even more into it. So I watched it all the damn time. My dad's like, well, I guess you like it, so I might as well just put you into, you know, a mixed martial arts, you know, so, uh, gym. And then, again, I'm super fine, get, like, crazy. And that was basically it. And then from then on, man, I've been training since 2012. Wonderful. You you could you could have just gone off on tangent upon tangent, because, obviously, as you know, as a long-time <laughs> listener, tangents are my thing. But, um... I mean, uh-huh. I think I've, we, I think we've known each other since. Uh, I'm not gonna say before your first legit amateur fight. Um, around there, yeah, yeah, maybe around, around that time. Around, so we're talking four or five years. Um, uh-huh. And I want to sort of say, and you know, again, you know, you're being nice to me. I'll be nice to you, but it's genuine. You know this. And what really struck me from watching your earlier amateur fights is just. Um, you're very reflexively gifted. You've got great timing. There's there's certain things that uh, and and poise that you just can't really teach people. You're very relaxed in there. Um, for those that have not yet checked out your footage, I think by the end of this conversation they're going to because I'm going to drop some links in the description too. But Trey, I would describe you and tell me. You, feel free to tell me if you think I'm wrong. But I would describe you as a natural but aggressive counterpuncher or a counter striker. Would you say that's an, a fair assessment of your of your style? You know, man, that's the funniest thing ever because uh, people all the time tell me, like, I'm, I'm going to detail a few things here, I guess, from the early, uh, I'm assuming the question you're going to ask. Uh, but, like, I fight that way because people give ground. I kind of... I, okay, I feel like I can do everything, and I need to be able to do everything. That's for damn sure. Uh, but I feel like I can do everything. But I kind of would rather, I would say, like, chill at the edge of the pocket. And, like, we just kind of, you know, work around that range. But people a lot of times get around naturally. Just in the fights, that's probably how they fight. So I kind of don't want to pressure how, how I do. I need to get, you know, I feel like I need to get better at it. But that is what I do during my fight. Just off of response to the opponent. Uh... I kind of would rather, I feel, I feel more comfortable on the back foot than on the front foot. Or I feel more comfortable like standing in place and just circling around uh, in the middle than on the front foot. But that is, I do have to fight that way. Because that's just the way how my opponents uh, are going about their, you know, their actions. So I just pressure, you know, just as a response. But I, I feel like I'm pretty solid out there too. So, <laughs> yes. And, uh, like, um, another thing, I'm sorry, I'm a bad cop. Another thing is like in my fights, it's like almost it's like 80-20 striking, so 80-20 striking to grappling. But I'm training grappling like all the damn time. It's like 60-40 grappling in my training compared to in the fights where I'm striking like almost exclusively. So <laughs> it's just funny how that works. Well, actually, the reason I was I didn't want, I didn't mean to cut you off there anyway, but it seemed like a natural trans- transition to actually talk about this fight because. From what I've seen of this of this lad, uh, Bruce Whitehead, he seems to be, he's obviously less refined than you are, but he's very aggressive. He seems to come charging out the gates. He mm. seems to try and get up in his opponent's grill. He tries to cover long distances with kicks. He tries to get in on their hips. He tries to you know, make it a slugfest, tries to get people down. Um, you know, I think he's going to, he's going to be very aggressive. So how do you actually see that playing into basically what we've just spoken about? I think it seems to tie in quite nicely yeah, yeah, sorry, exactly. Like, uh, like in this fight, I, I'm going to be content to meet him if he decides to be aggressive. Uh, I should be, you know, trying to clench up with him as well. And then especially, I feel com- I'm just so comfortable on the back of circling around if I need to, pivoting off uh, all those nice things, counter grappling if I need to. Uh, but also, again, like if he if he gives ground, that's fine with me as well because <laughs> I've had all my fights like that regardless. So used to it and i do obviously i train all the time in the gym so uh yeah you know the main thing is i'm trying to be well-rounded enough to be able to fight in any space that i need to fight in and not be uncomfortable uh so yeah like again i'm i'm comfortable i would say i'm pretty much comfortable everywhere uh 
regardless of where the fight, you know, or the, the type of striking match that he gives me, I feel cool with it. But yeah, if he if he's aggressive, that's kind of what I'm assuming. He's circling around in a you know a cool and safe way. So yes. Well, that's what I've got to ask you, really. You know, it's regional scene. He's fought on uh, similar cards and that before. Um, have you actually seen him fight in person? Or have you done extensive tape study? Is that something you do as a fighter? I think with the you know with the rise of uh, YouTube and mobile phone cameras and that, it's never been easier for people to get tape on fighters. Whereas you know maybe 15, 20 years ago, even with your extensive amateur record, you know you've had like you know, five fights or whatever, and he's had uh, four, you know, four or five fights you probably won't be able to find any of it. So do you relish in the fact that you can watch these guys or is, is adapting on the, on the fly something you prefer to do? Oh, like, uh, I watch, I watch like a ton of film, but my opponent, I watch them good enough to know what they do. And then, you know, like, I, I, it only depends. Maybe I'll watch a lot if I need to, if I want to get super, super specific. With him, he hasn't fought in so, so long time, such a long time that, you know, I watch the film, I see what he does and it's like, I've seen, you know, years ago, you know, he's coming back for after a long hiatus himself. Uh, seen some of his jiu-jitsu matches, you know, that was a long time ago as well. And, you know, it, it just, I use this as just a, a, as a placement in my head to understand what's going on. Uh, when it comes to watching film, like, I watch, I, I watch, like, a disgusting amount of, like, MMA or combat stuff, combat sports stuff on the daily, just in general, just of, like, fighters. Like, yesterday, man, I was watching Gordon Ryan and Andre Deval again. I watched freaking like uh, uh, Lomachenko and Roman Martinez. Uh, I watched analyst videos all the damn time. I listen to your damn podcast, you, your your podcast, the other other analyst people's podcasts. Uh, like I'm just I'm still in instructionals, uh, jiu instructionals all the time. Like <laughs> I'm just always consuming content, uh, and like it's just it's just a normal part of my day. So watching fights. And watching fighters, especially guys who I'm competing with, is a normal process. Uh, but again, for this one specifically, it hasn't been as much as I would say. I've watched other fighters more and other fighters less. It's kind of like in the middle. And again, I haven't watched it too much just because I watch it. I watch it obviously, but not too much because he hasn't fought so long. And it's like, ah, uh, you know, maybe this will not be as relevant. And I can't, you know, I can't base my whole ideas around him of these uh. These, these fights he's had years ago. Yes. Yeah, of course, you don't know if he's been in the gym honing his skills for the past six years or whether, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one thing I didn't mention you know, on the podcast is, you know, he hasn't had an amateur belt in, since since 2016. Um, obviously, yeah. we can always, we can we can assume that the pandemic would have, as much as it did for you, knocked him out for, you know, 18 months or, or so, but um, for, to not afford for that amount of time, he, he could be a, a vastly different fighter. Um, of course, yeah. you know, my my basic, you know, tape study to sort of, um, and what I described him as a fighter, I think those things are sort of inherent, you know, the charging out the gate, the being yeah. quite aggressive, that's service you don't really tend to change. Uh, but of course, we don't know what technical ticks he has picked up in the last six years. The only other thing I want to sort of speak about, Trey, is the transition from amateur to pro in terms of, you know, I think you fought a 170 as an amateur. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Are you fighting at 170 for this fight? Yes, sir. Yeah, both this, this fight's at 170 as well. Okay, so... Like, you, uh, you, you, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, your preparation in terms of, you know, um, you know, your weight cutting and whatnot, have you put on... Any, any mass for this fight? Do you think that actually, you know, if, if you continue to fight as a professional, 155s in your future? Um, yeah, I'd just love to know sort of what's going through your head in the terms of, because, you know, let's, let's talk turkey. You're not going to be getting paid much for this fight. This is the first professional fight on the regional scene against a fellow, fellow debutant. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing this for the love, essentially, yeah? I imagine you have to okay. try to sell tickets yourself and that sort of thing um, just to try and sort of break even. Uh, so the fact of the matter is, you know, effort-wise, yes, lots of work on technique, like you've just said, lots of tape study generally, not just of your uh, opponent, but just to try and hone your skills further, pick up little details, things you like to incorporate in your game. But weight cutting is a bitch. Everyone knows it. So do you think, though, you know, as you know, the more and more serious you get, like I said, do you think that there's another weight division in you that you could cut to? So like yeah, so like the uh, when it comes to like the preparation between amateur and, and pros and the difference, man, 
like especially in Texas, other states, uh, like the amateur, there's like a big difference between the pros. In Texas, and especially like, you know, in Fury and Houston, it's almost effectively no difference. Like some of the amateurs are really good. <laughs> some of them are like more than pro level. Some of them are not, not that good. Uh, the fights, if you're looking at them, you can't even tell the difference if, you, if, you, if nobody tells you or if you don't recognize that the round is shorter. That's basically about it. Like the round is shorter, no elbows. No Cause they're three, the head, like, three no, minute like, rounds rather than five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no elbows, no knee, no reinforced knees to the head, and no like, twisting leg locks, like no hooks or anything like that. Yeah. But other than that, man, it's effectively like the same damn thing. Like <laughs> you, if, yeah. If you're watching, you couldn't really tell. Um, and then when it comes to weight class and weight cutting, yes, this fight's also at 170. Then a little bit of math. I'm gonna stay 170 because I'm trying to get big. Uh, I've weight cut before. Again, like. Amateurs, they wake up like massive amounts of weight here in the scene. Uh, like, it's very normal. <laughs> like, like the whole process, it isn't, like, people ask me, like, these type of questions, like, oh, man, you know, like, probably, like, in my area, the amateurs, like, it's a whole different vibe than the pros. But I've never felt that, at least over here. Like, it's, it's just, like, it's just another fight. Like, the fights are just fights. Like, amateur, pro, the transition isn't that, it isn't looked as anything that's, like monumental, you just like okay, you're an amateur fighter, and then okay, you're gonna be a pro soon, so you just do all the stuff the pros do basically. Um, and so yeah, like when it comes to weight cutting, I haven't really cut too much, I haven't had to cut too much weight for any of my fights. Um, and for this one too, I'm, I'm, gonna have, I'm not gonna have to cut too much weight myself. Uh, so I just use it as a privilege for now until I get bulkier. Uh, I would I'd rather be big myself anyway, so I'll be I'll, like, I think I have a good frame for the 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 division to fill out into. So I've been 170. I've never felt like out physical by anybody, basically. Like my last fight, people kept on telling me, like, man, the guy was so much bigger than you. He looked so, he so, he looked so enormous. And uh, in there, I didn't really feel it. Looking from the outside, I could see. <laughs> like, watching, rewatching the fight, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess what y'all were saying. But in there, it didn't even, it didn't even register to me. So uh, basically, yeah, like 170 should be where I'm, where I'm at. Like, to me, if, I, if, I, if I'm not fighting that myself, I'm doing myself a disservice physically. I'm not doing, and I'm not doing what I should be doing. So, so a chunkier 170 rather than uh, than a, than a weight, weight cutting down. I like that. I like the idea of filling out into the weight class. You know, for for, okay. for gentlemen your size, you're more likely to sort of hit your physical prime, sort of you know 26, 27, 28 anyway. You know, um, I like the lighter guys who tend to sort of be prime early um although as i say to everyone it's always a case-by-case basis um but you know you know you're still young in your career very clearly um and you're still a young fella as well unlike myself an old bastard um i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the division that you know that we just mentioned because i think in terms of this podcast obviously i know you uh, as a mate because you know of our mutual love of combat sports i think we're really interested in sort of ask you uh, if i just run down the sort of the top five at 170 just to get some general opinions on from you if, if you're willing to do that sort of let me know i think oh, yeah. it'll give people an insight into what you're like as a fighter if we talk about other fighters that you like so i'm not i don't do this whole one to five shit for me the champion is number one and the champion is Leon Edwards. And as you know, Trey, we've spoken many times about Leon Edwards over years because I've got a very complicated relationship with Leon Edwards. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm, I'm, I'm a potential Leon Edwards fanboy, and that's why it's always been tough for me. You know this. But I know you're a fan of Leon Edwards. So why don't you say you know, the things that you like about Leon Edwards and let's see if we can come to some sort of uh, common ground on, on how we assess him as a fighter. I've been a Leon fan for ages. I've been I've been saying for years to my people, to my folks, uh, my training partner, all of them. He's the true second best water in the world. It's not Kobe. It's Leon. Leon. Leon is the one that's that's the second best in the world. Don't be fooled. But actually, he's the first best water in the world. So it looks like I was even wrong about that. Look at that. Oh yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> but no, man. Like uh, I've liked Leon's game a lot. I can no, I completely understand your annoyance to his passiveness and his sometimes over respect he gives to his opponents, uh, or his ability to just coast on little margins that he's, he's winning on. But like uh, when he's doing stuff, like when he's fainting, playing his strikes off each other, uh, it's awesome. 
he's an extremely good grappler as well, super well-rounded. Like, sounds like he's been cold as hell to me. His skill is ridiculous. Uh, his skills always been his his skills always been there. Uh, it's really just about like him, like enforcing his fight like twenty four seven. He did that against Bilal. He did that against lesser guys, and then he he did that in the last round against Usman when he like not had nothing to lose. Um, so yeah, Millian's my boy. It, it, obviously, Kyle, I know, understand that's that he for the ages you've been you've been on him, and they always made me sad, but I couldn't even disagree because Leon fights had made me so mad. When he fought Nate, I was like so irritated. Even before he got rocked, I'm like, Leon, you're flexing on Nate, but that doesn't mean anything. You gotta put him down. You can put him down. We have the skills to do so. Uh, and then he got rocked, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing I've seen in my life. I'm about to throw up. <laughs> he somehow survived. He got lucky. And then, yes, and, yes, and then the, <laughs> the Usman fight, the first one, I was like, let's go. I, I said, I'm like, I know this man can cable this. He's so cold. And then the rest of the fight started happening. I'm like, why, do, why am I a fan, man? Why, is he, why am I a fan of him? Why is he like this? Why do, why do, I, why do I watch this man's fights? And then the fifth round, I was get, I, it was funny. I was getting annoyed right before the finish because I was like, of course he's going to you know, do the stuff he needs to do now. Of course he's going to play his strikes with each other. He's going to be more aggressive. He's going to mix up his feints, play things off each other. And he kicked him in head. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like going nuts, man. Like, that's been the craziest moment of last year for me, man. I was very spazzing. Like, it was, it was wild. Uh, I'll, I'll actually have to, I have to cut you off there because I need to let the listeners in on something. The is a little secret that I've been holding about the Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman rematch, and that is that, and it involves you. So I have to, I have to drop this story now. So I didn't stay up for the fight. I woke up at like I don't know five a.m. or some shit. Um, and I go to the BT Sport app, which is how we watch it over here, and you can choose to watch the fight that you want to watch. So I thought, you know what? I'll just go straight to the main event. So I clicked on the main event, and I think it was it, it already started. It was maybe 5 o'clock, 5.30. It already started. We were some way into the fight. So, But when you click on the fight of your choice, it goes straight back to the beginning. So I watched the entrances. I watched everything. Like you, I watched that first round. I went, oh boy, Leon Edwards is going to do something here. And then I'm not going to talk too much about Kamaru because um, I think we'll touch on him in a second. But loved what he did for the rest of the fight. And as we go into the fifth round, I go, well, uh, sorry, I mean, as the fifth round's playing out, I think myself, well, obviously I know this fight's going. So I, fl- I-, I can flick up social media now. I don't need to be worried. It's clear to me that Kamaru Usman is going to win a decision. And I click up, I flick up Twitter on my phone. I click on, uh, you know, my messages or whatever because I've got notifications. And the first message notification is either it's from you, but I think it's in a group chat, and it just says he did it, Kyle! Exclamation mark. And I'm like, I wonder what fight Trey's talking about because it's clearly not this. Oh shit! And the the kick comes up and sparks just <laughs> went out, and it's like. It's almost like it was spoiled for me inadvertently. It's my own fault for going on social media and not staying up live. But it happened. It was so sort of serendipitous how it happened sort of in conjunction with each other. That was like, oh, my fucking God. I don't know how I would have reacted if I'd watched it live or if I'd never seen that message or anything. But kind of this feeling of dread kind of consumed me. And I was like, what's he talking about? I haven't just spoiled this fight. Oh, my God, fuck. And it was crazy. And... um. So, yeah, to, to everyone that, you know, thinks I'm some sort of, uh, you know, thinks this this podcast is correctly called Combat Chronicles, I don't stay up all the time. Sometimes I watch fights like an old man the next day. Sometimes I even watch fights where I already know the result. Uh, but with this one, it was like, ah, this fight's over. I'll just go and see what everyone's saying about it. Oh, holy fuck. So a um, little interesting uh, story which brings it all together, seeing as you're on the show. So Kamaru Usman, like me, I imagine that... Um, you agree that we probably saw the best of him in rounds two, three, and four against Leon. But I'd love to uh, know what your general thoughts are, are of Kamaru because um, he's an interesting cat. Oh, yeah, I like Kamaru a lot as well. Like, uh, on, a, on a super random side note, like, uh, luckily, since all the, car- the cards are on uh, like normal time for us, uh, also American people, Americans over here, uh, that, sounds, that sounds disgusting. But besides that, <laughs> Uh, like other than the cards I can't watch live like the the uh, Risen Horizon cards and I was trying to watch the match live I think I watched that one live but I had to like do a lot of work to stay up for that one and you know I'm a night owl but like, I'm like you are a night sleep. owl that's actually that's yeah. interesting 
That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially life of a fighter, you know, and someone who stays up, who really, I mean, you don't get up like super late. Like, you get up like normal-ish time, but you stay up till like five in the morning, right? Most nights. Yeah, and like, I, but, I, but I, I take naps during the day if I need to. So, like, I get, don't worry, I get my sleep back. Yeah, I love a nap. I love a nap. The older you yeah. get, the more the more you enjoy naps. But um, yeah. So Kamaru Usman, he did not enjoy yes. the nap that he took at the hands of Leon. So um, what what, what, did, <laughs> what do you think of him? No, Kamaru, I Kamaru people I like. I one of the people I like as well. Like I'm actually felt kind of bad that he had to take that loss. Like I'm like, oh man. True, like, true. He, he didn't really deserve that. Like uh, I've been I've been on Kamaru for years myself. Like since the OG like bloody elbow days when they're doing the scouting reports. That's what put me on a Kamaru way back in the years ago. Like uh, I think it was like freaking like TP Grand and like Patrick Wyman back in the day or something like that. Doing those scouting reports. Uh, I think I think the scouting reports back then were TP Grand and I think Zane Simon was still on him. Maybe Pat hey, Simon Salon, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Zane. Pat or Zane or, yeah. Yeah, so I remember Kamar Uzi from those days. So I've been watching him for that long, for ages. Uh, I feel bad that he lost, man. He was looking so good. He didn't deserve that. He's probably, he's probably the only only welterweight that uh, like, I would root against. Like, I'm sorry, but, uh, that uh, I would root for against. And Leon's the only welterweight, my bad. Leon's the only welterweight. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Leon's yeah. the only guy you would have wanted to actually beat yeah. him. Yeah. And, like... Uh, no, yeah, I think I think Kamaru's a really good fighter. I love the way he plays his striking into his wrestling. He may have little holes here and there, but as a whole, he's always he, he has like a big picture thing to fill over his, his spots. He's always trying to improve. I've been saying Kamaru's cold itself for the longest. I never thought he was boring. I mean, you know, Kamaru's just a top tier elite fighter, and he's been that for a while. And so I always like watching top tier elite fighters, and I'm just gonna that, that's why that's why I watch his dance sports. Watch it. I enjoy him through my training. And through watching elite fighters, and through the little niche communities that I engage with, such as yourself and other people like that, that's about it. I don't really get into the other other areas. If I have to say so. I think what's interesting about Kamara is, for a while, my criticism of him was that he could kind of do a couple of things really, really brilliantly, but wasn't able to blend them together. And unfortunately, in the fight where I think he did his absolute best. Uh, showing of of blending all of his uh, all the facets of his skill set together, he got his head taken off. So um, yeah, it'd be I, interesting I, to see if yeah, he can fight well and his if he can fight well again. But uh, I mean, as you know, as as a, as a student of the fight game, thirty five getting your head taken off like that doesn't always end well in terms of uh, fighters bouncing back. So really intriguing uh, third fight, which uh, and uh, considering now unintriguing i found these guys at times I'm, I'm really happy to say that um that's one of those rematches where it just needs to happen speaking of fighters that aren't intriguing um colby covington somehow ranked second so <laughs> third overall and probably a fight <laughs> that neither of us have much interest in at all i respect colby's game a lot he's a good fighter uh great top writer uh puts together strikes in a, in a way to get himself to grapple There's, you know yeah He's awkward. He's awkward. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Like, he's an awkward guy. High pace, obviously. Respect the cardio. Love me some good cardio fighters. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, that's it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. I mean, I think people will assume that, you know, uh, we're both just sort of coming at this from a Colby's fans are annoying and Colby's an annoying guy, but we don't really rate fighters like that. It's not really our thing. But I just find him completely... Uh, uninteresting as an operator, really, and, and he's barely he's fighting. Fighter, he's barely watch fighting anyone. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Put, yeah, like if, put him in against Kamzat Chimaev, and I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see yeah, that, that is, fight. Do you know what I mean? Like that is, yeah, that's a good fight. Yeah. As it stands, couldn't care less. Next guy on our list, Kamzat Chimaev. So I'd love to know what that's, you think about him because yeah. he might not be at 170 much longer. He is, yeah. in my opinion, probably the, the, the freak of the division. He's just an athletic uh, monster. Um, we've seen him tested in, in certain phases, uh, less so in others. Would love to know what you've made of his uh, sort of run up the rankings. Mm-hmm. No, I know you like him a lot, Kyle, too. Uh, no, and I, and, I, and I see, you know, I see a very good fighter in Kamzat. Um, again, it's, it's relatively untested. I... I, mean, I, I think, by the way, how the division is, is transferring and, uh, you know, like the ages of the people at the top, I, I kind of think it just kind of might be, like, inevitable he may be champion. Uh, I'm not even going to say, like, in a disrespectful way, just, you know, through the natural transitional process of the, of the division. 
he'll probably be champion. Whether will he, will he be like an awesome great or like really really solid? I I don't know. I can't say that. You can never say that to me. It's really hard to actually describe that. Uh, to actually say you know that's going to be the case because I thought Pidion was going to be like a certified awesome great for sure, and he obviously is highly skilled, but now he's you know unfortunately a little down to him. Trump is very good. You know he's not as good as some of his fans think. Obviously, like he's still he's time to develop, but he looks very promising at the very least. Obviously, like him, Shockbot, uh, and like uh, Jack Bellamondelena threesome is a very nice threesome to have. Uh, I the agree. On the- I agree. Yeah, and all those guys have things that they're very solid at. Have a nice baseline, something that they're respectable, and other areas where you don't really know too much, and that probably can be exposed. Or, uh, or they can, you know, show that they have answers for those situations. And even if they lose, which probably will happen to each of them three, they still have time to get better and, and still become, you know, high quality fighters. They're already high quality fighters, but even more higher quality fighters. One other guy I'll add to the mix that I'd love to uh, realize his potential. Um, and add to what was once, you know, we talk about the state of 170, a division actually was so top heavy and didn't have any young blood coming through now we've got some young blood coming through those three guys you've just mentioned but cedric dumbay as well i'd love to see actually fight some mixed martial artists because uh, uh as an operator as a kickboxer obviously fantastic but tends to just keep fighting strikers and hasn't actually and i'm not expecting everyone to jump up against a fucking you know even a division two wrestler or something you know in your early mma okay. bouts but he really is just fighting you know, strikers that are way below him so we're not seeing him as a mixed martial artist, we're essentially seeing Dumbay in kickboxing bouts with longer clinch sequences and four ounce gloves. Yeah. So, but he's an interesting fighter if we're talking about the complete state of 170. Brings us to a fighter, who, another fighter who I thought uh, in the past was completely uninteresting uh, to watch, but just put, put forth, uh, in my opinion, a career best performance. Remember the name, Bilal Muhammad. There it is. Uh, I've always liked Bilal. Like, he's always seen a guy that always gets better. Well-rounded and, and you know he can he can do a little bit of everything at a at a solid level. You can't catch him out anywhere just out like explicitly. Uh, I didn't know he was in before or five. I forgot. Uh, but uh, I've always liked him. And again, like you're talking about one seventy. Unfortunately, I think yeah, it needs it does need some turnover right now. Law is a guy that I respect though, and he's been around for ages. So it's nice to see him at least in a spot to where he can potentially be getting a title shot soon. Unfortunately, there's not much to say. Obviously. I watched a lot of these guys a whole lot, so if I had to start to write a dissertation on them, I feel like I could do it. But in like a general broad sense like this, he's a really solid dude. I like him. I respect. I respect him a lot because he's always improving. He's actually trying. You can see it. Yeah, he's just like one of those dudes. It's like I'm a, I can fight you wherever. I can strike with you if I need to strike with you. I can grapple with you. I need to grapple with you. I have the skills to do that. I can make combinations together if I need to. I can sit back on the outside if I need to. I can talk. I can talk control good. I can fight. I can fight from the clinch. I can defend takedowns. Just he's just one of those dudes, and I like those dudes. Those dudes are important, very important in my opinion. And obviously ubiquitous in the 170 pound division. You know that's where you tend to get these uh, wrestle boxer types, some of which are more engaging than others uh, to watch. Um, I think what's really cool, Trey, with getting you on this uh, podcast is for people that are listening, you know, want to want to find a fighter to root for. You're just like one of us. You're just you're a guy that loves fighting, loves analysing fights, loves talking about fights. But unlike so many of us, fat slobs like myself who have no athletic ability whatsoever, you're getting in there and pulverising people. So I think it's really interesting that people can latch onto you as a personality, check out your fight, which is coming up this week, the pro debut itself. So get on there early, get on the bandwagon. The one that, again, another one of the reasons I get you on here, it's not just because you're my mate, but I actually really think you've got potential as a fighter. I think you're really interesting to watch. Not everyone's got world championship, you know, potential. That's We all know that's true. But in terms of a fighter that we can follow throughout his career, it starts now. So people should get on board, watch it on Facebook, on the UFC Fight Pass YouTube, um, where, where the fight's available. You don't even have to pay the pay for fight pass but hopefully that little bit of extra um name recognition will convince people to check your fight out and the fact that obviously you're engaging as a personality as well so thanks so much for coming on the podcast mate and thanks for being on mate obviously but thanks for coming on the pod chatting shit you know putting the world to rights and hopefully mate soon 
we can have you back on and talk about uh, how this fight went, how it was a flawless victory, and how the next one's going to go as well. Oh man, yeah. If I'm not back here, something went wrong. Like I, I expect the highest of myself. I expect the, the highest of my quality. I, I see great things in my future. So if I'm not back here, the world has ended or something. Like. It's been too long since I spoke to Kyle like this as well through, through my text from doing speech meetings uh, regardless. So it was an honor to be here. I had a great time. If Kyle, Kyle reserved a spot on his podcast with me, the least I could do is give the best thing I can do, uh, the best performance I can give for the, for the fight, for the podcast itself, all that. Uh, I hope the viewers enjoy. Again, probably don't know who I am, but I hope you guys enjoy the, uh, enjoy the episode regardless. But do you know what, actually, if nothing else, right, yeah, okay, Sam, like, would have gone terribly wrong if, you, if you're not back on this podcast, but if nothing else, like, you have, like, a ludicrously poor Twitter following, basically, like, everyone I mean, that follows you is, is great, but 310 followers for a man of your calibre is pathetic, so everyone should follow you, I'll drop the link in the description, now, you don't like random yeah, weirdos following you, but... <laughs> I'm no, no, don't say like the people that listen to this podcast are the kind of people that want to talk to you, Trey. Oh, like I said, well, you don't want to say my dad, man. You know, random weirdo. It's kind of, <laughs> but like, I just don't. I mean, I'm, I'm on social media, obviously, at a reasonable amount. Like, but I just don't use it like that. I don't use Twitter like a normal person. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, yeah. I just don't use social media like with Twitter, like how most people do. And that's, and I'm not trying to sound like, like the one of those people, like. Oh man, I don't, you know, like I'm too, I'm too cool for this. Like it's like, I'm. Oh no, you're already you on there. You're just more of a, you're more of a group chat guy than a, uh, you know, throwing opinions out there on the timeline guy. I yeah. think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like reply to tweets or anything like that, and I barely tweet and I barely like stuff. Like, but yeah, like it's like that with my IG too, man. Like I barely, I barely post on my IG. I don't do that anymore. That's, that's important. I barely, yeah, I just don't, yeah, I just don't use. I well, you can say all of that, Trey. I'm still going to get you the followers, mate. I don't care. Still happening. <laughs> hey, no, what I say goes sometimes. You might, you might kick my ass, but, you know, I'm 5,000, 10,000 miles away from you. If I want to get you more followers, I'm going to do it, all right? You got, the, you got the clout, my man, and I do respect that, so thank you. I've got the clout with the 300 people that listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Um, that's, that's, that's a lot of people. Yeah, that's me. It's not bad. It's not bad. We've got, we got uh, oh. you know... We're well up into the four digits for the awards podcast, so that's good. You know, we, we, yeah, we, I, I love that episode. That episode was great. Thanks, man. We're building the brand. You know, we've had we've had a year. We've had a year. I gotta say this, like your production, I love the way how you just the little things like you do, like how you include the clips of like the fights or like the announcements or you know just like actual audio. That's cool, dude. Like do that more. I know you do it all the damn time, but like, <laughs> like. The war show was fun. I'm, I'm, keep, I'm fun. keeping all this positive Combat Chronicles discourse in it. Do you know what I mean? I need, I need the people that already listen to the podcast to hear two other people talk about how great it is. That for me, that's quality podcasting. So this listen. is all going to stay in there, man. Exactly, so, man. Give everyone the last, the final sales pitch for the fight this this, this coming week. I mean, like, oh damn, that's a hard question. I mean, I suck at marketing, man. I think I'm a good ass fighter. I, I need. To, I can improve. I, I will be improving. I will. I, there's no such thing as a perfect fighter. But I'm trying to be perfect. So, uh, basically, man, I think like I'm going. I'm going to look cold as hell out here. Just quite simply, I, you know, training well, training good, training all that, looking excellent. Um, I feel like my last two fights have been disgusting. Uh, and I need to right those, right those, right those wrongs. And this is the fight for me to do that. Uh, the fighter I'm fighting. I respect him. I think he's a good fighter himself. So this is going to be perfect. It allows me to show myself against somebody who's quality. And I need to have something like that. I'm very confident. I feel very good. I'm very happy. Uh, things are going great. But yes, I think you guys are going to look at something that's very, very, very intriguing to watch. Uh, we're talking about those top five at what's weight. Hopefully you guys can say, oh, man, I was watching, you know, Trayvon before that. You know what I mean? He's one of the top guys. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, you know, the OG days when I was listening to Kyle, the Combat Chronicles podcast. I was I was on before everybody else. That's that's what I want y'all to say. And that's what whatever else to say. That as I said earlier, that's one of the reasons I got you on it. So we're talking. I'm gonna say it like an American. January fifteenth, Fury Challenger Series two. 
uh, on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook and we believe the UFC Fight Pass YouTube as well. But um, as I say, I'll be sharing clips online. I'll be getting Kaposa to, to fucking clip this fight. Okay, so we will see it online, but I really hope everyone checks in and watches it live. As I say, January 15th, Trayvon Kentrell, Coco versus Bruce Whitehead, um, which for me, I don't know where it um, sits on the bill, but for me, that's the main event. So thanks, Trey, for coming on. And uh, yeah, I hope um, you get all the Combat Chronicles weirdos in your mentions soon. <laughs> yes, sir, man. I hope so too, man, as well. Like the people you, the people you talk to, man, they're interesting people. Because I know a lot of them myself. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, I get introduced to you, man. And uh, yeah, good luck in the fight, and uh, we'll be speaking to you soon, no doubt. As you can tell, an incredibly wholesome yet dangerous individual. Thanks so much again to Trayvon Kentrell Coco for coming on the podcast but of course i had to just talk about random fights too so hopefully you enjoyed that check out that fight coming later this week um and obviously keep your eye on the feed both this one and patreon for new content whenever that may come out uh until that does happen uh won't be seeing you hopefully see you online hit me up on twitter over at combat cr have a great week hopefully and uh speak to you soon peace out Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 